Welcome to the Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Curtain Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Bernard, and today we brought back Tina Tallarico. I'm Tina Tallarico with uh, Capital City Mortgage. I'm commercial loan officer. I've been uh, in the uh, financial industry for 27 years now. I was on the uh, residential side and have been working with investors for about uh, 15 years now. So, uh, Tina, we brought her back. We had an episode of couple of about a month ago wasn't it we we got a lot of inquiries about the discussion that we had uh tina's here today to discuss interest rates and uh different options and potential scenarios for you investors out there and you know before we get into interest rates i want to discuss something that's been irritating me this last couple of weeks because i've gotten calls from of investors and they're you know they're kind of him hawing around about buying so i want to talk about is now a good time to buy I get that question from a lot of people. They're like, well, is, should I be buying now? You know, but interest rates are seven, seven and a half percent to buy an investment property. Let me put it to you this way. In May, June, July of this past year, I sold more real estate in those three months than I did all the previous year. What baffled me was that people were paying retail and over retail. They were buying property as if Joe Biden said, we're never cutting down another tree. We're never building another house, so therefore you better buy what's out there now because you're never going to get another one. That's how people were buying. It was insane. And the hedge fund groups were buying blocks of houses, sight unseen, and, and paying 20000 over market. I still today cannot put together their, their thought process on that. I don't understand. Other than the fact they had a lot of cash that they needed to do something with, and they just figured they would buy up a bunch of real estate and burn it up that way. So... Those folks that bought this past year, and look, I bought a lot of properties for people, uh, but I bought those properties after giving them a good education. Yeah, this is what the house is worth, and this is what you're paying. So you're you're not putting yourself in a good position financially, uh, but they were looking strictly at the cash flow. They weren't looking at the asset value, which is fine. You know, cash flow is key. That's the main thing you should look at. You got to be reasonable when you're looking at the value of the property. So those folks that paid ten grand over market this past year in an investment property that's cash flowing today, now that $110,000 house that they bought in Raleigh that was rent for $1,200 a month is now worth $95,000, maybe. You could buy that same house today for $95,000. So that, that investor has lost a percentage of his value on his asset. Because of inflation, and a lot of these renters live paycheck to paycheck, a lot of them now can't afford $1,200. So their lease expires. They're leaving those properties and going and finding a place for $900 a month because their check's the same every two weeks, but their costs have gone up. So they've got to reduce expenses. And first place they're going to go is rent, or at least one of the few places they'll go is rent. So now you've got a property that you paid $110 for. You're renting for $950 a month to keep it rented. You're not even getting the 1% anymore. You've lost $15,000 in your, your equity position of the property. So over the next three years, do you agree that things will turn around? I they do. always turn around. I do. The real estate market always goes back up. Guarante- I can say 100%. I'll put everything I own on the line. The real estate market will go back up. It will. Guaranteed. Unless a meteor hits Earth tomorrow and we all, it's over, then yeah, it won't go back up. We'll all die and it'll be done. But in, if that doesn't happen, the market's going back up. Let's take that scenario that I just told you. 
And I say the market, let's say November elections happen, things change and confidence goes up and people start buying and inflation kind of levels off and things get back to somewhat of a normal pace. Now, that investor has to spend the next year or two or three years getting his asset back up to par where he was at. Now, let's take a person today that were to take and buy the exact same house for 95000 and rent it for nine fifty a month because that's what the market dictates it's worth and what the rent comps say. Where do you think that investor is going to be in three years when confidence comes back? They're now going to have a house with 15000 uh, equity. They're now going to have a house that has increased in, in rent cash flow $150 a month, and they're in a much better situation. So my point to this is to get people to understand smart investors buy when the market is scary. Those are the guys that make the money. Waiting for a market to cap out and then decide to be an investor and jump in is ridiculous to me. I don't understand that theory. You know, you go and you buy uh, Amazon stock when it's $140 a share or whatever its highest point it's ever been. I know a lot of people that bought Amazon stock. Well, guess what happened three months later? (laughs) It tanked and they lost half their value. So now they're going to spend the next couple of years regaining what they lost just to get even. So I want to hear your take on that. You've been in this business a long time. I haven't been 27 years. I've been 21 years in the real estate business. So what is your take on that theory? You made a lot of money. I made a lot of money last year with people that wanted to buy at the top of market. But I did it with an education to them that you do know that if anything changes, you're going to be in a negative asset position. Definitely so. And that's really what they need to focus on right now is Mm -hmm. gaining that equity. The market's going to come back. There's no question about it. It has been in a decline, but I think it's going to turn the other way. And now's the time to buy. There's no question about that. You're exactly right about everything you said. And I have investors that come to me and they have the same concern Mm -hmm. about the higher interest rates. However, we're seeing properties that were 150 or 120 just a few months ago, and, and now they're fifteen, uh, mm-hmm. dollars to $20,000 less than what they were just 120 days ago. Which is the best time to buy, right? I mean, Absolutely. I, I haven't done the math on this, but buying a $110,000 house at 5.5% interest versus buying a $95,000 house at 7% interest, I'm going to guess that your, your ratios are going to be in the same ballpark. So then at that point, it comes down to cash flow. What do you pay for it? What is the cash flow? If you can buy a house that will have $15,000 in equity in two to three years, four years, and it's going to increase 150 to $200 a month in rental income in the next three or four years, and you can buy it today and break even, would you go buy, would you, would you go buy Amazon stock if somebody said, listen, buy it today at 80 bucks a share. I guarantee you it will say 80 bucks a share. All it will do is go up. Now, Values may drop some more. You may buy a house at 95 and all of a sudden it's worth 90, but it's still going to go back to its original point and exceed in the next three years or four years or five years, whatever that's going to be. Look at 2008 as an example. 2008 and 9, everybody said, that is it. The world's coming to an end. The real estate market's crashing. We're doomed. People were, you know, walking away from their houses as if that was it. People were jumping off of buildings down in Wall Street. Um, but here in Memphis, what by 2012, we were already back at normal levels. Four years later, we were at normal levels and exceeding our previous numbers before 2008. So think about all those folks that just weathered that storm. 
or those folks that came in in 2009 and just scooped up all the property that people were walking away from for pennies on a dollar. Think how they did. I know one particular guy who took $180,000 turned into $1.2 million in seven years by doing that. I'm trying to tell people they need to be buying now. Buy now. If you can cash flow a property and break even, you need to be buying property now because now is the best time to buy. December, January are probably the two best months to buy this year because I think that's going to be our lowest point. As soon as we hit March of next year, I think people are going to realize the world's not coming to an end. Everything's going to kind of stabilize, and they're going to go back in the market and start buying property again, owner-occupants especially. I do, too. Right now, we're seeing the investors aren't battling with the owner-occupant buyers. Mm -hmm. That has slowed. But investment properties, they're still buying them right and left. A lot of them are looking at the same advantage that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. The smart investors are looking at those angles. Uh, The newer investors are a little more skittish, and I get that. They're taking out a mortgage. They've been brainwashed into believing that investment real estate is income building. Get away from the notion that you're going to buy 10 rental properties and quit your job (laughs) because it's not going to happen. You want to buy 10 rental properties that 10 years you can sell and triple your money, right? Or cash out, keep them for 25 years and cash out and retire with a couple million dollars. That's what rental properties should be get, uh, based on. Now, I know that uh, some of the loans are geared on cash flow. What's the loan that you mentioned it to me? I can't remember the, the acronym for it. It's uh, DSCR, which yeah. is debt service, debt okay. service ratio. I want to talk about that loan because that intrigued me. You mentioned something to me about it. I did a little research on it. I'd never heard of this loan before. But this may be an opportunity for these young investors who are nervous about the market to do something like this or possibly do an interest-only loan to create the cash flow they want even in a bad economy. That's correct. Or we're offering uh, 40-year terms. Uh, we've we've always offered uh, 40-year terms for a, a long time. However, they're more popular now than they were before. And uh, you can always refinance. I mean, you can always refinance if you want to go to 15 or 30 years and you're not comfortable with 40. Uh, refinance is an option down the road. Also, what I'm seeing is, you know, once these investors are uh, building some uh, equity in the properties, uh, they're uh, refinancing them, taking out some cash, using that money to go purchase more properties, growing their portfolio. Uh, With the DSCR loan, we don't ask for tax returns, W-2s, pay stubs. We don't use a debt-to-income ratio on any of our loans. We specifically look at uh, the property investment potential solely. Uh, We don't look at the investor's uh, personal income. Uh, We ask for a bank statement just to show that you have the funds to uh, close. But other than that, we really don't ask the investor for any personal documentation. It's all about the property, all about the investment. I have investors that have recently bought three or four properties, and uh, they can't get a loan because they have to debt ratio. You cannot use that rental income until you filed it on your tax returns. So if you do a 40-year loan and yes. your payment's four ninety-five a month, whatever it is, I believe to answer Richard's question, yeah, you could pay 800 a month on the principal balance of the loan and pay it down faster. Absolutely. But then all of a sudden you have a month where cash flow is tight and you can't make a double payment, make a single payment. Uh, I I like that idea because you're kind of in in control of your cash flow. You decide how to use that the, the cash flow. Me personally, I'd pay the loan down in 20 years, or I'd run it for three to four and then refinance it into something a little more suitable. But a 40 year amortization, I don't know if you can get any better than that. That'll negate the increase in interest rates currently. Uh, I think when it when it hits your cash flow. 
That is true. And there's really no disadvantage. I mean, even if you do a 30-year loan, you're not going to stay in that 30-year loan long term. I hope not. You know, for for the most part, you know, they're refinancing or selling in in five to seven years, uh, sometimes 10 years. Uh, We see some of them keep them 10 years, but uh, five to seven years, they're out of that loan. Right. Right. Now, is there a prepayment penalty at 40 years? Uh, yes, what's there the is. Ter- there the is. They go. I typically quote it three years. They go okay. up to five years. You can reduce it to one year. So, so you got a forty-year amortization. You keep the house five years. It increases twenty-five percent, and then you flip it, make some cash, turn around and buy another property. I mean, it, it, like you said, five to seven years is the average term of a holding of an investor. I've got folks that have held property for 20 years. You know, they're paid for, and they've got a significant asset sitting there. They paid 30 grand for a house. I just We just did one for between our title attorney and one of my investors. He bought seven. I think he paid, over the last 10 years, he acquired those properties and probably paid 30000 35000 apiece. So he probably had all in 210000 250000 We just sold them for $470,000. So he doubled his money in literally seven to eight years. With these loans, you can buy as many properties as you want. There was a time, yeah, where Fannie and Freddie they had, they had a cap at 10, 10, 10 properties 10. as the max you could buy. So then what they'd do is they'd open an LLC and buy 10 in the LLC, then they'd buy 10 in their personal names. But what uh, Tina was saying was that the particular loan product she's talking about, there is no cap. You can buy 100 properties. You can buy a million properties. There is no cap to how much money you can borrow as long as you can show financially you can support the loan and the debt service. And uh, a lot of investors cannot support that with their tax returns or even the rent that they're 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 claiming on their tax So basically, if, if I want to buy 30 properties tomorrow and they're all renting for $1,000 a month and I use the, the debt service loan, I'm going to be able to show $30,000 towards servicing that loan. Correct. That's correct. Simple as simplistic as it is. So that gives you the ability to buy what you want, as long as you've got, you know, a decent credit score and, uh, but you don't ask for income. No income. Mm. No income whatsoever. What is the credit score requirements on that? Uh, The, you know, on the DSCR, we can go down to six eighty on those. Um, uh, Over seven hundred, the terms are are, are better, more favorable. Mm -hmm. What's the interest rate running on that? Uh, The interest rates are running anywhere from seven point five to eight point two five. So you got to make sure you can cash flow these, at least break them even. In a nutshell, that loan to me sounds like something that, as long as you have a, a decent credit score, you show the income to service the loan they're going to consider the cash flow of that property as a deciding factor on whether you can get that loan or not. Is that correct? Or are you saying you have to you have to file it on your taxes first before you can use that income? No, you don't have to file it on the taxes. What we do is we use the market rent. If the property is currently leased, we can use the leased rent. And you attribute that to their ability to support the loan. Right, to okay. support the payment. That's correct. 1% is the norm, which you want to you know, at least cover the payment taxes and insurance. They need to show $1,000 a month. Income? When you say 1%. 1%, uh, which means um, the rent versus the note, taxes okay. and insurance. Gotcha. So it needs to be a, a break-even situation. Uh, however, we do go down to 0.75. So if, it, if it's not quite there, that's okay. That's okay. As long as you've got the other income to show you can make up the difference or support the difference. Yeah, and we still don't ask for income documentation, even on a, on a, a 0.75. No, 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 no documentation on 
Did we not learn our lesson whatsoever. in 2008 from that? <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm thinking the same thing, but uh, you know, they're they're looking at the big picture and they're looking at credit and that sort of thing. And but at the same time, I think 2008 also showed a lot of these lenders who just rolled over on their backs and died that uh, if they had just hung in there for a couple of years or at least taken these assets back and sold them, they would have survived. They went doom and gloom in 2008, and a lot of these banks rolled upside down and died. But they could have survived, I think, if they had taken these properties back. When people walked away, sign a, sign a quick claim deed release and just take the property back and create it, at least have it as an asset on your books and then sell it when the time was right and recoup your loan and plus some. I don't understand the, the why a lot of the banks did what they did, but I think you know if I was running one of these big banks, that's what I'd have done. I'd start buying back those assets or taking them back, letting people walk away free and clear, and just stacking them up on the side until the time was right to liquidate them and make some money. Uh, the investors right now, uh, they're especially like you said, the newer ones, they just cannot grasp the advantage of buying right now. Right. Well, let's let's talk about that. Let's say you get a new investor who can buy ten properties tomorrow on a loan. Average investor, when they when they've got a mortgage, wants to produce about two hundred dollars a month in free cash flow after your note, taxes, insurance, and whatever else. But out of that two hundred dollars, you're going to spend at least a hundred of that on maintenance and whatever. So that's, the reality is going to be a hundred to hundred fifty dollars of property positive cash flow. So how many properties do you need? I, that's what I would ask a young investor. How many properties do you need to quit your job? What do you make now? I make eighty thousand dollars a year. Okay, well let's do the math. But you're going to need uh, 72 properties in order to equal your current income at those numbers if you're taking out mortgages. So if you're listening and you're a new investor, get away from the cash flow theory. That's the dumbest theory in the world. Investment real estate should be about asset building. You don't buy stocks in the stock market for income. You buy stocks. You put money in a 401k to let it grow for retirement. you got to view real estate as the same thing. It's the only way you're going to do well in this business. That's true. I'm working with an investor now, and he's buying 36 properties. And he's been doing it a long time. And so he knows the advantage of buying right now, mm-hmm. why prices are down a little bit. Uh, he'll he'll turn around, and uh, he, he's going to rent all of them. However, uh, a few of them have uh, some pretty good equity in them right now. And uh, he'll rent them for a year or two, turn around and sell out which ones he can make the most uh, money on, take that money and turn around and purchase more. Uh, however, uh, the majority of them he'll keep long term. So obviously, and he's he's been doing this a long time, so he, he's, he understands the advantage of buying right now. Tina, how can people listening get in touch with you? Uh, I can be reached at 901-826-7218. be reached any time at that number. And I, I would encourage you, if you're considering buying real estate, number one, call me, Brett Bernard at EPM Real Estate, 901-692-7401. Uh, I've been in an investment game a long time. I've been a real estate developer. I've owned my own rental properties. I've owned 41 at one time. I've bought, sold, developed you name it in real estate, I've done it, and uh, I, I have investors from anywhere in the country and anywhere on the globe that, that come to me, and I, I help them buy portfolios. And nine times out of ten, I send them to Tina when they need a lender because Tina has, has got a, a basket of, of loans and, and ideas to help people out. She's, you're not a one-stop shop. You don't have one pat one program that if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't. Right. Tina has Tina in one particular deal a package deal <laughs> worked tirelessly to get somebody approved to 
honestly, there was a point I thought, man, this thing's going to come unglued. There's no way it's going to finish. But it, she got it finished. I, I appreciate that. Uh, we got it closed. So just give us a call if you're interested because we'd love to to educate you further on the market. Don't be too proud to ask ask questions. I always tell people, you know, I get this a lot. Is this, this may be a dumb question, but if you don't know the answer, it's not a dumb question. Period. That's how I view it. And uh, I've educated a lot of investors who are now seasoned investors and doing very well on how to buy, when to buy. When I tell you now is the time to buy, now is the time to buy. You should be calling me or your agent uh, if you've already got one or calling Tina to talk about loans. And uh, you should be buying today because unfortunately, if you bought in July or August, the chances of you actually getting positive in the next two or three years is slim. But if you buy now, the chances of two or three years of you gaining is very high. I guess the main point I want to make is there's all kind of opportunities for young, new investors to still be buying today. Uh, if you're concerned about cash flow, if that's your only reason to buy, then look at an interest-only loan that you can refinance when the market changes. Look at a 40-year amortization, which Tina discussed, which will help create that cash flow you want until things change and you can refi and cre- increase your cash flow. There's no reason not to buy today. There really isn't. So you should be in the market buying. If you're not, if you're going to wait until the market turns around in the next couple of years and buy at the top of market, <laughs> I feel for you, but you should call me and let me educate you and let's discuss why you're doing that because I truly believe now is the time to buy. Thank you for listening to Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. Be sure to subscribe at BehindTheCurtainPodcast.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Enterprise Property Management's real estate services, please visit us on the web at EPMRealEstate.com. This has been a Sound Ideas Group production for Enterprise Property Management, Inc. We'll be right back.